This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I woke up this uh, uh, past Monday morning, and you were on my mind. Oh, um, sorry. <clears throat> sorry. Broken the song. <laughs> like they do in musicals. <laughs> anyway, I'm not a fan of musicals. Not generally. But uh, that's beside the point. Never mind. Anyway, I woke up uh, this past Monday morning, and what, I don't know why, but it, it occurred to me right away that uh, Amy and I have never washed our clothes in anything but cold water. We've never used hot water, warm water, you know, we've never. It's just always been cold water. And when that occurred to me, I thought, now, since we've always used cold water in the house that we're selling, um, I wonder if the hot water even works for the washer. So after work that day, I went over and I, I, you know, I checked it out and I, you know, the, the laundry tubs are right there between the washer and the dryer and the, there's hoses that come off the, uh, uh, the, uh, plumbing pipes and all that, that go to the washer and that directs the washer. And those, ho those hoses each have a valve that you can shut it off just for that. And you can still get water into the tubs through the, the faucet handles. For the tubs, okay. So I decided I, I checked the the hot water uh, valve for the washer, and I and discovered that it was all the way closed. And I thought, well, that makes sense since we weren't using the hot water anyway. Might as well just keep it closed, right? That's what we did. And it's years. I mean, we've lived in that house for 23 years, better part of. And you know, it's been closed where I may all that time. I'm a mat, I, I think, or most of that time. So I open it up and, and immediately it starts dripping. And I thought, oh, that's not good. <laughs> you know, so, well, now what do I do? Uh, and so I closed it up again. And then I uh, tried to turn the hot water handle on the faucet. I tried to turn that on. And this I remembered. You know, this I thought, I, if I'm not mistaken, this thing doesn't turn or turns really hard. And I tried to turn it and it would not. It was frozen in place. And I wasn't going to go get some wrench and hammers or something to try to turn it. I didn't want to break anything. So I thought, well, um, I wonder if this is something we should get fixed. So I contacted our realtor. I said, hey, you know, I told him what I just told you guys. Um, what do you think? Should I get a plumber in to fix it up? And he said, well, now that you know that it's a problem... Yes, you should get it fixed. You don't want to have, you know, you don't want anybody coming back saying, we wouldn't be able to say if they had talked to us since I talked to my realtor, and, you know, they're under a certain code of ethics, you know. Uh, if somebody said, well, you didn't say anything about this hot water thing leaking and all that, and the, the realtor would have to say, well, you know, we knew about it. So we, there's no, you know, you don't want, you don't want that. So he says, now that you know about it, you know, you have to go ahead and fix it. There's no way we could say, well, we didn't know because you, you told me and you know, and I'm, I try to be as honest a person as I can be uh, most of the time. Uh, anyway, so, okay, great. Let's do it. So I called the same plumbing outfit that came out to take care of that uh, main water valve switch thing. Um, you know, switch off, turn off thing. So that was done. I was happy with how they did that. And so then I, I called out the same outfit. And this was the thing. I called them on I don't know, whatever day it was of the week, um, like a, uh, well, um, must have been that Tuesday or something. Called them, 
and said, boy, you know, if they can come out, you know, late in the day, like after three, because I figured I was going to be going to work, Amy and I would be working, and we could leave early and meet the plumber and, you know, and I'll take care of that. Uh, and they said, okay, we'll just make a note on that, uh, to come out after three. Okay, great. And as was the case with the first time we used them, I got a text message saying that you're scheduled, uh, there's going to be an appointment and all that, and said, hey, we've got you scheduled for the first call of the, of the day between 7 and 8 a.m. And I thought, ah, well, that's not exactly what I asked about, but uh, okay, <laughs> if that's going to, so we'll just go to work after they're done, hopefully. And, uh, you know, who knows how long it would take. So went with it. Plumber came out, looked at the situation, and what he did was he gave me four repair costs, of, uh, going up in cost of what he could do. You know, just try to repair that one valve. You know, there, there was good, better, best, and worry-free. That's how they That's how they put it. So the good fix was just to take care of that one little problem, and then the better fix would be take care of this and this, and then the next... the, the the better fix would be do this, this, and this, and worry-free would be do the whole thing. Just put a new faucet on there, put new pipes in, just a whole new thing. New valves, you know, all that. So I I was going to go with just the third, you know, because it was, uh, you know, the price, you know, the price goes up, of course, <laughs> for, for each uh, deal. By almost, well, no, I, I won't even say by almost double because it's that's not how it worked out. Um, so they they got. I said, well, let's do the let's do the let's do the the best, which is just one step under worry free. And, and so he says, okay, great. So I signed this little thing on his computer pad, and he heads down to the basement. And I start to follow, and I go, hang on a second, because I thought about it. it. Says, you know what? Let's just do the whole thing. And he said, you know, that's not a bad idea because it's only a couple hundred bucks more. Let's do the whole thing. You'll have something great. So great. So he called up the screen, get a, you know, I signed it again. And he got to work. He got it done. The whole new shebang is done. It's, it's nice. Nice and new. And it works. Water flows through as it's supposed to. And uh, I, I let the realtor know that that's what we did. I sent a picture of him of the repaired job. And he said that was a good idea to do the whole thing. He says a lot of times you start fixing a little thing in this old plumbing. You know, you fix that little thing and then something else goes wrong right away. And then you got to fix that. And the, he says better just to fix the whole damn thing. Yeah, I'm not sure he said damn. So we are, as I record this, Saturday morning of, uh, of February 10th. Of, uh, of the year of Satan 2024. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's, it's, that's, that's what I'm recording. So we are 10 days out from the close of our house. Amy and I are getting quite excited about all this. Little hurdles along the way have been passed. Um, and and uh, like a week ago, our realtor told us, uh, you know, we said to him, says, we're, we're excited, but we're trying to be very cautious. And he said, you can be at 7 of 10 on the excitement scale, being 10 being the most excited. Uh, and he says, you can be at 7 right now. And then some little thing, some other thing got done. And he said, okay, you can go to 8. So great, great. And then another thing happened, uh, and this was he sent us the information that the loaning company that is loaning the money to the buyers has approved to go to close. So that's you know. So he says you can go to seven. Or you can go to eight point seven five on the on this on this excited scale. He said Monday you can go to nine. So this Monday that's coming up, we can be at nine of ten on our excitement scale. So, um, and then we, then we got this text. We, we, we will get texts through this process. We were getting texts whenever there was a showing scheduled for the house. Sometimes we'd get a text saying that that showing was canceled and, and, you know, and then it got rescheduled or something. But most of the time, we get these texts saying there's a, two showings today, uh, another showing tomorrow. You know, we get these texts. They would uh, show up. And so we were kind of excited. Oh, people are going in, people are going in. Uh, and and then uh, one of the uh, texts that we got. This was after we accepted an offer. There was another walkthrough of the house, just to just to look at it again, just to say, are we sure? Everybody sure? I guess that's what it was. And so okay, fine. The the process is going. Then we got a text just the other day that said that there's another uh, walkthrough scheduled for the day that we're supposed to close. 
Now, I've never sold a house before. Amy's never sold a house before. This is our first time, so we don't know what to expect. We see that, and that seems kind of weird to us. Why is there why is there a walkthrough on the day we're closing? So we sent a message out to our realtor, and he explained. He says this is common. This is not unusual. This is uh, this is just to have one more walkthrough, just to make sure that the seller of the house isn't pulling anything. You know, they might have. Uh, um, stainless steel uh, um, refrigerator and, and uh, oven range. They might have you know really high end type stuff in the kitchen, and and then you know when it's being shown and everything, then an offer is made and accepted. And they're going through the process of getting a loan and all that. And somewhere in there, the uh, the seller switches out the high end appliances with just kind of, you know, middle-of-the-road appliance type stuff, which is what Amy and I have. <laughs> anyway, just, you know, your mid-level range price of, of, of appliances. And, and that's, he explained it, because people will do that. So they do that one last walkthrough on the closing day just to make sure that nothing got, you know, no, no underhandedness had taken place. He says, it's very common, so don't worry about it, because we haven't done anything. If anything, we've improved, you know, with the plumbing, which, by the way, when we did that second round of plumbing, we told them about the first one. Uh, and we did that second round of plumbing fixing. Uh, I asked our realtor, I said, should we tell the buyer that we've done this or leave it as a pleasant surprise? And he said, oh, I told the buyers. He says, you never want a surprise in buying and selling a house. Never want a surprise. They're not, it's not good. Even if it's a, you know, we fixed this for you. You'd never want that. You want to be upfront saying, hey, we noticed that this was leaking. We fixed it. And just, you know, so it's a worry you're not going to have. So I'm going to try not to notice anything else about the house <laughs> in these last few days. Uh, I've been, I've been stopping by the house every couple of days just to walk through and make sure the furnace is working and, and everything looks okay. Uh, I've been doing that, but that has to stop uh, on the 15th. I can't do that after because on the 15th, Amy and I do our part of the close. We go in and sign to the title company, sign the paperwork, and hand over all the keys, and then we we move on. And so then I, we won't have access to the house anymore. So it's uh, yeah, uh, we are kind of excited. Uh, kind of, <laughs> we're we're trying to stay a little controlled in our excitement, but yeah, it's there. It's building. It's there. So I was almost taken on something. I was almost uh, taken on a on a on a on a little bit of a um, of a what was maybe a little bit of a scam that was going on. I'll tell you about that. I know I'm going to break a little bit early, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about that when I come back from this first break about how I almost almost got scammed. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, and I will be back after this break. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Influenza season is upon us, and it can be a killer. But it's not too late to vaccinate. Usually, most cases of influenza in Minnesota don't even occur until January or February, and the season lasts all the way through April. Get a flu shot now, and you'll protect not only yourself, but those around you. See your doctor or visit mdhflu.com to find a flu clinic near you. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Z-Talk Radio is committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. 
can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once, and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I am recording once again from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store in Minneapolis. We sell back issues of comic books mainly. We have some magazines, some other trinkets, but if you go to our online site, which is at nostalgiazone.com, you'll find comic books and magazines. Uh, it's like I said, it's all back issues. We don't have any of the new stuff as it comes out. We usually get that stuff a year or two or three after it's new, uh, when people come in to sell their collections and such. So um, we have back issues that go all the way back to the Golden Age. We've got Marvel, DC, Harvey, Char- Charlton, uh, Dell, Archie. We've got all kinds of comic books here. Romance comic books, religious comic books. Uh, we've got superhero stuff, of course, mystery and suspense, all kinds of comic books. So if you're into them, if you like uh, if you like the comic books, you have a collection, you want, you're looking to fill some holes, check out our website. It's nostalgiazone.com. You can become a member for free, you'll just get an email or two a month about what's going on at the store, sales and such. Uh, you'll, uh, If you sign up, uh, you'll get 10% off your purchases, and you'll earn points toward future purchases. So it's uh, it's a good you know, good deal, especially if you collect comic books. If you don't collect comic books, well, then I don't know what. You know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's, this now this zone's not for you. But uh, if you do, uh, check us out on online. Uh, it's nostalgiazone.com. And uh, become a member, buy some comic books. It'll be great. You know, we ship just about anywhere. Uh, most shipments are cost eight bucks. If uh, orders over fifty dollars are free, but there are some restrictions, like within the United States, that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, nostalgiazone.com. Check it out. It's a, I I like the store. I think it's pretty cool. And uh, you know, I'm surrounded by comic books when I'm down here. So I almost got fooled. Almost got scammed. I think. Uh, how did it start? Well, okay. Uh, there is a YouTuber named Tennessee Brando. He's a fellow from Tennessee, or he d- lives in that part of the world. He has a nice accent, a southern accent, uh, which, you know, as a northerner who doesn't have an accent, don't you know? Oh, gosh, no. I haven't got an accent. I sound like just like everybody else does around me. I don't have no accent, which is, that's the dumb... I'm sorry. That's one of the dumbest things somebody could say is that they don't have an accent. I don't have an accent. Yes, you do have an accent. Oh, I don't. know. Oh, really? Really? Why don't you have an accent? Well, I'm from, you know, I'm from North Dakota. North Dakotans don't have accents. Okay, really? Go to England. Talk to somebody in England and tell me you. they don't tell you you have an accent. You have an accent. Everybody does. It's just a stupid thing to say. I'm sorry, I've decreed it. It's a stupid thing to say. Don't say that. You've got an accent, all right? Anyway. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Tennessee Brando, he uh, he's a YouTuber. He does uh, little political talks, uh, mainly uh, social commentary kind of stuff, uh, some religious talk here and there. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's an atheist. Uh, he's a soft atheist, I'll say, because he says, I'll admit it every now and then I say a prayer or two when he's in a stressful situation because he comes from a religious background, being raised religious, and he's moved away from that. I was raised religious too, but I do not pray in tough situations because I'm an atheist. I don't, you know, if I do that, am I, some, am I not somewhat hypocritical? I, I don't know, but I'm not saying that of, of uh, Tennessee Brando. He's his own person. You know, he makes his decisions on his life the way he sees fits, and that's fine. Anyway, I he I often agree with his takes on the politics and such, and and that kind of thing. And he was uh, he had a video about I don't know how the MAGAs are destroying the Republican Party and and threatening democracy in in in, in our country. And Marjorie Taylor Greene came up in his talk and all that kind of stuff. And something he said in there. Uh, made me think of something I've talked about on the show before, which was that uh, 
you know, um, uh, like a loyalty oath to Trump, right? I mean, who the fuck is Trump? Who is he to get a, lo a loyalty oath? But he's acting like, I mean, he floats the idea that he should have, you know, presidents should have total immunity, even if they cross the line and, you know, they, they should have total immunity while they're presidents, because otherwise they're going to, you know, get arrested when they stop being president by the opposing party. Well, bullshit, because there's been 43 men who have been president before Donald Trump. Yes, 43. Yes, he was the 45th president, but there were 43 men who were president. Grover Cleveland had non-consecutive terms. I don't know which number president he was, but he was he was number you know, 25 and he was number 27. I don't know if that was the number of president he was because there was someone in between him and I forget who. <laughs> okay. So there have been 43 men prior to uh, Donald Trump who have been president and not one of them was arrested after they were president. One got close and that was Richard Nixon, but he got pardoned by President Ford, uh, Nixon's vice president. And when Nixon resigned, Ford assumed the office of president, which actually Ford was never elected vice president. He was never elected president. He he was uh, uh, he ascended. I think he was Speaker of the House uh, when I'm not sure which. Uh, I think it was Agnew who resigned, or was it Rockefeller? One of the two vice presidents of Nixon. But I don't know. I'm just shooting from the hip here. Uh, one of them resigned, and so I, I think he was Speaker of the House. Maybe he wasn't Speaker of the House, but he was. He was given the vice presidency. Um, I need to look into those details. If you know, let me know. Send me an email, drdim at dimland.com, D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Anyway, so Ford became vice president without having been elected to it, and then, for, uh, then Nixon resigned, which made Ford president without being elected to it. So, interesting. And then he lost uh, his bid for, for being elected president to Jimmy Carter because we'd had enough... American people had had enough of the Watergate, and we wanted to wash it away and forget about it. Let's you know, let's move on. But Nixon would have been prosecuted for crimes had not he been pardoned uh, by Ford. So anyway, you know, so that's this whole this immunity bullshit that that Trump is trying to throw. But this loyalty thing, right? It reminded me of what I had talked about uh, some time ago. When you know, it just it, you know, it was after the January sixth assault on the Capitol. Uh, I don't know how long after. I think I think I saw this bit um, when the January sixth uh, Select Committee, the House Select Committee, uh, investigating uh, what happened on January sixth, and, and they were showing some video and and I and I had said that uh, there were things chanted that day: "Stop the steal," which which we did because Trump was the one trying to do the steal. See, America did stop the steal. It was Trump trying to steal the presidency uh, in 2020. Uh, so anyway, so that was one of the slogans. There were things like, uh, you know, where's Nancy? You know, that's a nice terroristic threat. And of course, hang Mike Pence, another terroristic threat. Uh, those things were chanted, but none of them, I mean, they're all disturbing enough as it is, but the one thing that disturbed me the most that I heard chanted on that day as the crowd was walking their way patriotically and peacefully to the Capitol, now that's how the president told them to do it, which they did that part. They did that patriotically and peacefully, or at least peacefully, not patriotically, but peacefully they moved their way to the Capitol. It's once they got there that the peacefully part fell away. You know, that's that's that was that's the difference. You know, they say, well, I told them to go peacefully. Yes, they did go peacefully to the Capitol, but they stopped being peaceful once they broke through the barricades and broke their way into the Capitol. That's not the peaceful part. So anyway, one of the things that they were chanting along the way, uh, it was not fight for America. It was not fight for the flag. It was not fight for the Constitution. It was fight for Trump. And again, I say, who the fuck is Trump? Who is he the fight for? You know, it's, it's you know, I, I when I talked about it before, and I'll bring it up again here. It was something that uh, I, I tied it in with the World War II documentary series, um, World at War. Uh, which is a British series, so we get the the British point of view of World War II, which starts way earlier than you know than for the involvement of 
it, it starts earlier than the United States involvement in World War II because it was like 1939 uh, that in 19, you know, 1940 I guess was when things started really started happening uh, battle wise uh, and then the United States didn't come into it until late 1941 and they didn't actually really get started doing any kind of active battling stuff until 1942 you know anyway so it's a great series. It's great. And it's done in a time period where it's only like 20 years or so, maybe less than that, after the war ended. So some of the big movers and shakers from the war on both sides, you know, from, you know, the Allies and Axis, you know, both sides, they were talking to people that were fairly high up. Albert Speer was the highest up in, in, in you know, highest uh, ranking German that they talked to. And, and they talked to, you know, high ranking people, on, on the American side and the British side, it was cool, you know, uh, to to see that because they have direct connection to it. It's really cool. So, <clears throat> uh, um, there was one episode in that series that dealt with the Holocaust specifically, and it started off with a new class of uh, SS troops being being sworn in, taking their loyalty oaths, loyalty to Germany and to Adolf Hitler. It was overseen by the head of the SS, Heinrich Himmler. So we were see, that, that starts off that episode. And I would think to myself over the years, when I've watched that, either, you know, just, it may not have been like a, a conscious thought, like I'm saying, well, that's never happened in America. But it was there. It's in my mind. It's, it's this, there's a certain comfort to that because that has never happened in America. We have never taken an oath to a person. When the military is sworn in, when soldiers and Marines and airmen all that, when they're so, when they're sworn in, they're sworn in to protect the Constitution, to defend the Constitution, not to be loyal to whomever the president is at the time. That's never been the case. But when those people were walking down, you know, walking to the Capitol and chanting "Fight for Trump," that's as close. To a loyalty oath that I that America has come that I'm aware of, and I think that 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 those people might be just fine with taking an actual loyalty oath to Donald Trump, which is so un-American. It's crazy. Trump wants to be king. That's those this whole immunity thing. He wants to be king. The United States should have a king. It should be the United States of Trump. And all his maggots will be, omegas, I'll just call them maggots, will all nod and say, oh, yes, yes, we should have a king. It's the most American thing in the world to have a king. It's ridiculous. So, Tennessee Brando was commenting on this kind of thing, and I wrote that in the comments. I wrote it, just a quick synopsis of how it was, I found it so disturbing that people were saying, fight for Trump. And I posted that as a comment on this video. And then uh, I, you know, I, you know, I have a YouTube account, sort of. I've got, I think, one video that I've made on there, the big ice bucket challenge. I think that's on there somewhere. Anyway, um, remember the ice bucket challenge from a little while ago? Remember those those days? You know, prior to the country going crazy. Well, uh, anyway, I, I I saw that there was a response uh, to my comment, and it was from Tennessee Brando. And I could see in like the preview saying, hey, uh, direct message me through Telegram. I want to ask you about something, you know, about the your comments or something. I want to talk to you. And I thought, oh, cool. So I go to the the video where the comment is, and I, I, I see that there's a comment. It's telling me there's a comment, but I can't see it. I click on it. It's not showing me. I look at other videos on there or other comments on there that have replies to the comments. I click on those, and you can see those replies, but I can't see this reply to my comment. I saw it in the in the preview of it, but I can't see it on, the, on my actual comment, which should have been my first clue that something's not right here. Well, Telegram, I guess, is some, you know, texting, messaging thing, you know. It's like Facebook Messenger, whatever. So I, I downloaded the app, and I, I, you know, it said, you know, find me at Tennessee Brando or, or whatever it was, and I found him, and I mentioned, hey, you uh, said something about, you wanted to talk about this, I commented on this video, whatever, and I got an answer from Tennessee saying, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that, you know, what is it about the, the video uh, that you liked, what do you like about my channel, 
uh, give me those kinds of questions. And I answered honestly. I said, I, I like your, um, you know, thoughtful responses. They're heartfelt. Um, they, they feel like they're, you're just, you know, just speaking right from, you're not writing a script or anything like that. Not, you know, sort of like how I do my show. I have notes about what I'm going to talk about, but I don't write a script. Uh, and it's and not that, that, that YouTubers and, and podcasts that do work from a script is bad. As long as the the thing is, you you need to uh, what is it? I heard it. Somebody was talking about a person who did voiceover stuff, uh, and they said you want to um, do scripted material as though it's not scripted, and you want you want it to make it sound like it's not scripted. You want to make it sound like it's a, a, you know like it's coming from you right from your from the top of your head right right through it's you know you may have thought about it for a bit first but you're not actually reading a script that's that's how you want it to sound and if you're not working from a script you want it to sound like you you have a script it's kind of a contradiction but it you you want the remarks to sound prepared even if you're not word for word on a script something like that well i do it that way i i just i have some ideas and i just talk the way i do so trying not to stammer and, and fall over all the words as as I do <laughs> trying not to but yeah I do my best I've only been doing this for like 13 years so you know uh, coming up on 14 years so you know I'm, I'm getting the hang of it so anyway um I so if that's what I said to Tennessee and he says, "Oh, you know, says thank you." And he says, um, "Would you like to play a game? Be part of a like a, a game prize game thing? It's sort of a promo thing that he does, right?" He, he said that to me, and I said, "Sure." Now my flag is my skeptical flag is waving a bit here. So this doesn't sound, you know, because I've not given him any kind of personal information, my social security number, my banking account number. <laughs> I haven't done anything like that. I haven't given a credit card information, nothing. Just, just, you know, it's just, I just signed into Telegram and found the guy and I'm talking to him, right? And he puts up a thing that's got numbers one through nine. And it's got little, you know, flower icons next to each number. This is in his text. He says, just, he says, pick a number. And, you know, the, of one through nine. And I don't know why he had to show me the one through nine, but I don't know. So I just wrote in five. And then I get this, congratulations! You know, you've won the grand prize. What's the grand prize? It's a Gibson guitar. And not just that, an electric car, a guitar. Gibson, electric guitar. Nice nice looking guitar. There's a picture of it on the thing. But not only did I win that, I won a MacBook Pro laptop. Wow. And not only that, I won an, uh, an iPhone uh, 15, the latest edition. It's like, I won those things. And I looked at it, uh-huh. Uh, really? I did? Hmm. And then their next comment was, how do you feel about your prizes? And I said, I feel like they're too good to be true. And then I wrote, I'm beginning to think you're not Tennessee Brando. And I deleted the Telegram app <laughs> and I stopped converting, uh, conversing with the guy. And I'm pretty sure it was not Tennessee Brando. It just, you know, and I, my first clue was the fact that I couldn't see the reply to my comment, you know, on the page, you know, on the video page on YouTube. I could see it in a little preview saying that the, that I had the notification that I had somebody comment. I could see part of the comment, enough of it to have the information I needed to get you know to get this scammer to get a hook in me and he almost did but you know i i kept holding back i'm not you know if he's going to start asking for information because i think the next thing would be those prizes are great i'd love to get them great but what we need you to do is um for shipping you need to you know you need to give us uh, some money or something like that or it, and it was it was going to turn into that it was going to turn into some way that i would have to give them money so that i could get my prizes some people fall for that. Don't be skeptical. Don't fall for that. Boy, have I got up to my next break? I have. Look at that. How did that happen? It's like it's the show is flying by. That's just, that's insane. Well, no, it's not insane. It's just how things go. Time goes by. 
Uh, anyway, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network and ZTalkRadio.com. I'll return after this break. Sit tight. Uh, this takes song takes a little while to get going. It's a nice dramatic beginning, and then finally it, it starts to happen. But you, you'll see. You'll see. Just listen. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, so, um, uh, my wife and I, uh, I, I think I've told you this thing, you know, we, we both work at the same place. I know I've told you that. Uh, it's a silk screening shop or screen printing shop. We print t-shirts and sweatshirts and we do embroidery and others, pretty much that. (laughs) Uh, And and the business has been going since 1976. Uh, It was started by uh, 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 one fellow who was an artist, and he and his wife, uh, who was also an artist, uh, and another friend who was an artist, the three of them decided that they were going to start a business. Uh, They had a name for it and all that. Uh, Coldside is the name. Uh, and there's a whole story about that. They, um, they were part of a sort of like an art collective that lived in this building that, uh, that had two sides to it. It had a side that it was all set for heating and everything, and another side that was not. And uh, there was a first batch of uh, University of Minnesota students that were all studying art and sculpture in particular that uh, took over the one half. They all rented it out uh, from whoever owned the building. They rented and they, they started what they called it the ranch. That's how they called it. And then the next batch of art students that came in and moved into the to the other side of the building that didn't have the heating, uh, that included the one fellow that's, uh, uh, that that. Uh, was my boss who started this started the business uh, along with these other two I don't know if they lived in there too it might have one of them in anyway um, and they lived on the side that well what the landlord decided to do was well, I can get some more rental money out of this property I'll get a bunch of space heaters for the heating of the place and we'll we'll rent out there and they always called it uh, the people who lived there called it the cold side right live on the cold side and that's where they decided, let's whatever business we're going to get into, we're going to call it cold side. And then they started that up, and they decided, you know, he, uh, uh, the the one fellow, he had experience doing screen printing type stuff, and he had he was working for he and his wife both worked for a screen printer. He had built a dryer for them, you know, to dry the shirts and so have to, the ink on the shirts. It actually doesn't dry them; it cures the ink. It doesn't dry it. It's a, there's a difference. Anyway, and so they just got started doing screen printing, and the, the business did pretty well right from the beginning. And they moved on. They, they, they were on the corner 
of uh, where we are right now. We're, we're not in the corner. We're, we're one door down from that, or two doors down. Uh, and they've this building next door to them that uh, went for sale. They ended up buying it, turning it into you know the first two, uh, three floors, so the basement and the first two floors, uh, into the business. And then the, there was uh, three floors above that, used for rental space for you know for tenants. So uh, and that's how it's been until this year. Uh, a year ago, they decided they're going to sell the building. They put the building up for sale, and it has sold. The two fellows have sold their business to two of the longtime employees of of Coldside and they're running the show now and it's switched over switched over this week this past week it switched over in ownership and it's kind of cool and we'll just we'll see how things go <laughs> but uh Amy and I both worked there and uh one of the bosses that was that was leaving now this boss uh, he didn't start off with the with the company at the very beginning but he was a friend of the you know, uh, the, uh, of one, the one fellow, <laughs> uh, he was. They were friends, and they needed some accounting help. And so this guy had that kind of skills. So he got. He came in to do that. Then one of the uh, one of the two of uh, the three people, uh, one of them, the, the one that wasn't the wife of the fellow who uh, uh, just sold the company. It's kind of convoluted. He bought out uh, this friend bought out the, the the third person bought into the business from them and then over the years uh, the wife uh, you know he and they divorced and then she sold out her her bit of the business and so then became the two fellows running the business for a long time and so they're out now and um, <clears throat> the one fellow who came in a little bit later was a, a boss that could be a bit of a nudge. He could be a bit of a, like, oh, could you just get your thing done and get going? <laughs> just get your, just, you just do what you're going to do and just move on. We're trying to, you're getting in the way. <laughs> anyway, he could be like that kind of guy, but he always had a heart of gold. He always cared about the employees. He just, he was, you know, he may not have been very uh, socially graceful. He had a certain, you know, certain a bit of, of non-social grace to him. A little bit. Uh, but he just he treated the employees pretty well. He always had their best interests at heart. He would help us out if we needed help, you know, aside from the work. You know, it's like, you know, if Amy and I were having trouble with some insurance, you know, health insurance payments, and he would help us with that. And then, you know, it's just, he just was a, he was, he was a nice guy that way. Uh, stay at home, do your stuff at home, let us run the business, you know, which is kind of what it, it, that's how that ended up being. For the last five years or so, the two fellows that have the business now, they were running it. In just about every aspect, just about. So they have plenty of experience that we're doing fine. Well, that fellow, you know, they did pretty well for the sale of the, biz, uh, of the building, and he already had, you know, he had money that he inherited from his father, and he says the guy had money. So he came in uh, this past week and uh, and handed each employee a check for quite a bit of money. I won't say how much. But it's quite a bit. And Amy and I, you know, we each got a check for that same amount. And and we knew this house sale was coming. And we decided, I said, you know what? And we, you know, she agreed with me. I said, this is fun money. This is fun money. We're going to have fun with this money. We're going to we're gonna buy stuff with this money. We're not going to, we've been pinching pennies and, and scrimping along forever. Now we've got some money that we can spend. And, and we also had, you know, the insurance money. From my parents, the life insurance money, that was also a little bit. We wanted to be, so we can use, we can do a little bit. I said, but let's not go crazy on this one. Let's we do, you know, let's make sure that we keep at least half of that money so that just in case, you know, which we, which we did all right because we used that to help pay for plumbing fixtures and all that stuff. And uh, so then this money, though, this is for fun. So I bought, I bought some old comic books that were very, that's that quite spendy. Uh, at least, in, in, I mean, not super, not way up there spendy, but uh, enough. And I bought a piece of original comic book art. I had owned a page for for decades. From it's sometime in the eighty, in the eighties, I bought uh, a page, page two, 
from Submariner, that was a Marvel Comics title, Submariner, uh, page two of issue number 72, which was the last issue of that run of comics or, for Submariner. I owned page two uh, by the artist Dan Atkins. It was uh, allegedly inked by Vince Coletta, but there had been some, you know, when I put up the page on, a, on, a, on an original comics arts page and I said who did the art, at least was credited in the comic book, people said, Vince Coletta inked that? It's a whole thing. Coletta has a very recognizable style, and it didn't look like he did that. But Dan Atkins was also an inker. He was m known more as an inker than as a, as a penciler. So maybe he inked his own pencils in that book. Anyway, I bought that page for 12 bucks. And then with my son going to college and needing money to raise there, I, I had a couple, I had that or, that original page, and then I had an original drawing, uh, pencil drawing, by another artist from comic books named Mike Grell uh, that he did for me specifically at a, at a, at a comic book uh, appearance, a comic book store appearance. And so I paid maybe 20 bucks for that, and I paid 12 bucks for this page. And it ended up putting them up for auction and selling both of them for like, I got like 900 bucks out of it. And it helped with the college stuff for, for Hayden. And But I kind of regretted selling that page. Because it's, you know, even though that sketch that was done for me um, is also a one of a kind, but having that page and having the comic book and saying, I own that page, you know, I, I kind of missed that. So we had some money, and I looked for a page by one of my all-time favorite artists. His name is John Byrne. Just and and in the in the in the late seventies and into the eighties, he was the the hot artist, and he was so good. He was working with Terry Austin, the inker, Terry Austin, uh, on the title uh, Uncanny X Men, and his work was just stellar. Just the, the two together, boom, terrific. But then you know years went on. Uh, I I don't know what year this this page that I bought it from, but it's from the issue um, of uh, Sensational She-Hulk, which was her second series. First series was Savage She-Hulk, then she became Sensational, and it was a bit of a comedy book, comic book meant to be meant to be humorous. Uh, it would break the fourth wall and that to talk to the reader and you know, it, it it was clever. It was, it was a clever kind of book. But it was issue number forty-six. Page 16. I went on a site where I could see that there were comic book pages for sale. And I decided to get that one. And it, it cost a fair amount. But not nearly as much as some of his pages could cost. There's, he's got a page on uh, that's being sold to that same vendor for $20,000. Mine was not not that much. But it was, uh, you know, so I, so I bought it. And I just got it yesterday. It's fantastic. It, I, or I got it to Thursday. I got it, and it looks it's great. And and there's something that I see in there. John Byrne's work started out, you know, when he was when he was cooking. He and Terry Austin working on the Uncanny X Men. That stuff was so beautiful, just so well done, so meticulously done, drawn, and all that. And as the years went by. And John Byrne started writing comic books along with drawing the comic books. And he was working on, you know, he was maybe writing a couple titles and, and drawing one title. And all at the same time, his time was being, you know, used up. So his art, although still really good, and have, having all his elements still involved, became a little more simplified or something. There was just, there's just a little difference to it. Uh, and that's where this page is in that era, where it's a little simpler, done, more simply done, but it's still, you know, still impressive work. It's just not quite on that other level, but I would never be able to afford a page from any of those books. And I got a big clue as to why that is when I got the page. Uh, I've seen pencils for pages that he's done for the X-Men. There was a there was a story that that they were uh, that they decided against a storyline uh, or ending to a, a saga that they had written the, the Dark Phoenix saga, several issues dealing with this one character becoming so powerful and and turning to the dark side, this Phoenix character that she, you know, she did some you know, some horrendous crime in the universe, and it was decided that she had to, she had to be put to death in the comic books. So that she couldn't just get better and and re regain her 
good Phoenix, uh, you know, move away from dark Phoenix. It just, you know, and, and John Byrne was one, was working as an artist and a co-plotter of the stories. He said, he said to the writers, he said, you can't, you know, she killed an entire planet worth of people when she was dark Phoenix. So she did this act and she's just going to get away with it. She's just going, oh, she's better now. She, there's got to be some consequences here. We, you know, she needs to be killed. Now, nobody stays dead in comic books, but at the time, she's, and they they agreed that she needed that that there needed to be a, a strong punishment of her. And she actually, uh, as as I recall the story, she actually turned the weapon on herself and killed herself for the for her crimes before she fell back into be, uh, being the Dark Phoenix. She could still feel the pull to the Dark Phoenix. So she you know, decided to destroy herself in order to punish herself and to keep from the Dark Phoenix coming out again and doing any more darkness. <clears throat> anyway, so there was a, an alternative ending that he drew up. He drew the pages, uh, but, they did, you know, but then he protested, because you know, that was the, where she got better. You know, she got through it, and she was getting better, and she was going to have to, you know, uh, recover uh, from the Dark Phoenix uh, time. Um, and they were, you know, they had, they had pages beautifully drawn, meticulously drawn, great detail and shading and all the stuff. He just really worked really hard on it. On this She-Hulk page, I'm telling you, I can see the pencils underneath the inks barely. It is just the lightest of pencils, just the most generic of shape that he did, just like, okay, this goes here. It's just to put everything in. And then he took out his, because he inked it as well. He took out his pen or, you know, and inked it, all the detailed drawing. So the, 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 the amount of time in the penciling stage had to be very minimal. And I, and I think, you know, because it's so simplified and not as meticulously drawn and not inked then by somebody else, this is why the art, his artwork got more simplified and not quite at the same level still good and i'm still i'm so pleased to have this page i'm going to get it framed i'm going to put it up on you know uh, we're thinking of making my dad's bedroom into an art studio for me and a little office for amy or something we're, we're thinking of doing these things so um i know that that's that's where it's going to go is it is in there so um yeah i got the page i'll uh I'll, I'll I'll find the page online, and and I'll link to it. Uh, I'll see if I can get a close-up image where I can show you some of the pencil. But I, I, it's going to be really hard to see. I'll see if I can do it. I, I might not be able to. But check out the show notes page, which you go get to by going to dimland.com, and click on the show slash blog option uh, to check it out. <clears throat> so yes, very pleased. And um, I've also bought some old comic books that are very valuable to me. You know, very valuable books, not just to me. Uh, I did buy that Sensational She-Hulk number forty-six for for just under nine dollars. <laughs> so I will have the comic book and the page that's from that comic book. Uh, and and I also um, uh, I also bought uh, Giant Size X-Men number one from nineteen seventy-five. That is a major book in the X-Men chronicling. It's 1975. It's nearly 50 years ago. But it's when the, the uh, a new team took over. Only two members from the old team that uh, came out in 1962 or 63. I think it was 1963 when, they, when the X-Men first started. And so there's only two original members of that group still in the X-Men. Uh, of course, there's Professor X. He's always, he's a constant. Uh, and then there's a, a new team. Uh, four new characters were created. Uh, Wolverine was brought back uh, from, you know, he made a few appearances in Compost, but he was brought back to be a permanent member of this group. And, and it's just, you know, it was big. It was a big time issue that came out. And it's a very valuable one. And I got it from a friend of mine for a good amount of money. You know, and it was in those plastic slabs. He de-slabbed it for me, which meant that the what I paid for it, its value has gone way down from what I paid for it. But I'm okay with that, because um, I I'm just up. I'm opposed to slabbed comic books. Don't put them in a plastic container that can't be opened. It's a comic book. You're supposed to look at the pages. You're supposed to page through it and enjoy it. You know, put a baseball card in a plastic ca case that you can't open because you can. It's only front and back. But this is like you get to see the front cover and the back cover, and that's 
That's not satisfying to a comic book collector. I mean, I might do slabbing of books if I'm deciding to sell them, because that can maximize the value. But I, I just, I just can't. I just can't. So I'm also getting. Uh, I've already got the X, uh, the giant size X Men. I already got that one. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting uh, X Men number ninety four, which is the first regular series issue with that new team. Uh, and I'm getting, let's see, uh, Avengers number four. And that was the reintroduction of Captain America to the Marvel Universe. It's been one of the, my, one of my, my grails. I want holy grail. It's been my grail. <laughs> one of them. The other one is Avengers number one. And when we sell the house, we get the money from selling the house. Damn right. I'm going to get myself an Avengers number one. So, you know, spent month spent money like a drunken sailor, and I said to my wife, if she ever felt guilty about spending that money, she said, just don't act like we spent the money. Just say the boss gave us these things. He went out and bought these things, knowing we'd want them, and he gave us. Amy got herself some nice uh, uh, designer uh, handbags and 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 some uh, perfume type stuff. You know, she got that kind of thing that 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 she's excited about, and I got some comic books. So. And I'm going to buy some more from the store today. So, uh, before I get out of here, <clears throat> a couple things about AI again. Just a couple of things. Uh, prior to the uh, uh, primary in, in, in New Hampshire, some AI-generated robocalls from President Biden went out to people saying not to bother voting in the primary. You know, save your vote for the election. As if any politician would say that. You know, it's just vote in the primary. Vote for the, in the general election. Just don't, you don't have to save your vote. <coughs> Excuse me. Then there was, um, what's the other thing uh, that I wanted to, pro oh, uh, Travis Kelly's girlfriend, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Taylor Swift. Oh yes, the G GOP nightmare, Taylor Swift. She's had AI-generated images of herself in, you know, in pornographic images that have shown up on the internet, and uh, those have since been taken down. However, I will say this: uh, this is something I uh, heard uh, some porn uh, stars uh, were being interviewed on something like Oprah or one of those shows. I saw something like that years ago, and I think it was Nina Hartley. She's a very well-known uh, porn gal. And she uh, she's part of a, I guess there's this introduction to porn. So you want to be in porn. And it's got Nina Hartley and other porn stars in there talking to people that, that show this video. I don't know if, if all of them see it, but show this video to some porn hopefuls warn, saying to them, okay, you know, go, in this, go into this with your eyes open because, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the internet... Is, and oh, they said video and essentially the internet is forever. It never forgets. So even though the images have been taken down, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some places out there where the images can be found still. But then, there you go. There's the dangers in AI. In fact, even Peerless Loser has pointed out the potential dangers of, uh, of uh, artificial intelligence. And I thought oh, wait wait a minute what uh, I'm I'm agreeing with with Donald Trump on this huh you know maybe AI isn't all that bad good night our doctor good night Frau Blucher well, that's the end of another uh, Dimland Radio here on the Sea Talk Radio Network, uh, which you've been listening to Dimland Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Dr. David Simmons. I'm reminding you to be skeptical. You know, don't get caught in these little online scam things. Be careful. Uh, and to, that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And I'm also reminding you to sleep with the lights off.
can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What? 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 Well, I'm going to hell. hell.